Hey, good morning, everybody. I'm Hot Rod Bob, and you've got gas, the morning edition. How you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty good. Hope you are, too. And uh, you are a gasaholic for tuning in. <clears throat> hmm. Got a little clog in my throat. Allergy season just bugs the heck out of me. But, hey, I'm here. I've got a serious question for you. How many of you are in a long-term relationship? Now, don't dodge the question. This is serious. But it's about your car. How many of you are in a long-term relationship with your cars? Now, I am now. But I wasn't always that way. There was a time when, heck, I had a car almost every other week or every week. I got a letter from the Department of Motor Vehicles asking me to get a dealer's license. I had so many cars one year. Now, I didn't keep them all. I would buy them cheap, clean them up, fix them up, get them running, do a tune-up, whatever it took that I could do in the street. I didn't have a garage. So I would fix them and sell them, paid the rent, paid my tuition at school, covered my expenses, and that's how I lived. But I always bought cars that were interesting to me, cars that at one point in time I wanted to own. I had sports cars, I had station wagons, I had old cars, I had older cars. Never worked my way up to newer cars, but uh, I did have some fun stuff. Built a van that ended up being in a bunch of magazines for uh, Peterson Publishing Company. I had the right ideas. I fixed them up nicely and the way people wanted them, which was good because it helped me make some money like Mark McGeorge does in Arizona right now. Hi, Mark, Cassie, Richard, and others that have tuned in already. But I have had a long-term relationship with only one car. Now, I've had a couple of cars. I had a Maverick for about eight years, and I've had my current Corvette for almost nine years now. But I've had one car for over 35 years. And... I'm sitting in it right now. See, over the period of time when I was younger, as I was buying and selling cars, even when I didn't need to buy and sell to pay the bills, I bought and sold. And it was fun. I enjoyed it. But what I also did is I bought cars I wanted to own and build. And in some cases, I started building them. But in many cases... I not only ran out of talent, but I ran out of money. And the cars had to go to finance something else. Good morning, Richard and Kimberly. How are you doing this morning? <clears throat> so I got to the point where I really wanted to settle down for a car. I was young. I'd started a family, bought a house, had a good job, was racing sports cars, and I was living the life. But there was something missing. I wanted a hot rod. I really did. Now, I didn't grow up loving sports cars, although I'd been in a couple and, man, they were cool. I wanted a hot rod. Now, I'd started a couple of tea buckets over the years and never really got them finished. Good morning, Bonnie. How are you? And Phil Hoffman, Mr. NHRA. Bobby Z, the surfer. But I never finished them. Uh, one I got up on wheels, one 
basically I got the frame made. One, I even had a jig to make a frame. So I could have made my own tea bucket frames. I had all the uh, materials and the jigs to mock up and put together a strong, reliable tea bucket frame. But I didn't do it. I started a 32 Studebaker Rockney. That was kind of a cool car. Sloping fenders, canted windshield, big chrome grill. Put a Buick V6 in it, Mustang 2 front suspension, 4 to 8-inch rear end. All this stuff was cheap at the time. But I didn't get it finished. I ran out of interest. Something pissed me off, ticked me off about the car, and I let it sit. But I was able to work my way up each and every car at that point in time to buy something bigger and better. So about 1983 or 4, somewhere in there, I was looking for a car. I wanted a hot rod. I wanted one I could finish. I had the money now. I wanted to complete a car. I wanted something I could drive and enjoy, take the family out. Go to rod runs with a car, not just as a spectator, as I'd been doing for many years. I was reading an article about Gary Metters, the good guy. Started Good Guys Rod and Custom Association. He recreated his high school car. It was a 46 to 48, I don't remember what year his was, Plymouth Club Coupe. That was it. That car caught my eye. It had great lines, better than I think a Ford 46 did, but hey, what can I say? I'm biased. It had a flathead six that he put a Chrysler in it. It was longer, more powerful, aluminum head, dual carburetors, high lift cam, cast iron headers or split manifolds. I forget what he had, but it was cool. It had an independent front suspension which made it a better riding car than an equivalent Ford. It wasn't a Chevy. I was bored with Ford, and everyone had Chevys. I wanted something different. The Plymouth caught my eye. So there was my goal. I searched the local papers and placed an ad looking for one. Two came up that were really nice. One had a great paint job and interior, but needed engine work, and I was leery about that. It was also more expensive and would have taken more of my budget. A gentleman up in, no, oh, just north of Los Angeles area in a place called Fillmore, California, called me, said, I've got one for you to look at. Okay. So I took the 30, 40 minute drive, whatever it was at the time, from beautiful downtown Burbank to Fillmore. Pulled up to his house, and there it was. Gleaming, shining. <laughs> Yeah, Earl Scheib. It still has that Earl Scheib black paint in most places. It had a decent interior. It was redone in vinyl. Very simple and plain, blue and white. Why blue and white? I'm not quite sure when the exterior was black. And that was the original color, too. It wouldn't start. No, it turned over. It just wouldn't fire. Oh, heck, I can do that. I can fix that. That was a simple one, so I thought. I struck a deal, $700, 
and I had myself a complete Plymouth Coupe. I went to pick it up the following week, and I had to get a trailer, and I borrowed one. And the guy said, you know what? Couldn't let you go with those tires that were on it, so I put new tires on for you. Brand new Atlas Supreme tires. Cool. I washed it for you. I got it all cleaned up. And uh, enjoy it. Money exchanged hands, loaded it up on the trailer, and off I went. I got the car home. didn't look too bad. Cleaned it up just a little bit more, took some wax to it, and that Earl Shot paint job came to life. It was all black, solid black. No ripples in the fenders. Body was straight. Had a little bit of an issue right below the tail light in the back. But you know what? It's still got that issue. And it's okay. It's cool. It's character. Well, got the car home. And that Sunday was the Long Beach swap meet. Saturday was Pomona swap meet. And Sunday happened to be Long Beach. I went there and I was going to find the parts I needed to get this thing into the hot rod I wanted. So uh, I went there. Sure enough, I found a dual carb intake manifold for that Plymouth six cylinder. Cost me a whole 20 bucks. Didn't have the money with me. I had money with me, but I already bought some stuff and didn't have that much with me. A local racer from LA County Raceway was there. Lent me the money, and I paid him back the following week, and I bought that two-carburetor intake, two carburetor intake manifold. Got it home. That was cool. I'm starting to collect the parts I want and I need. Car's still not running. Heck, the car's still sitting in the garage. Went to the Long Beach swap meet the following day, and there was the aluminum cylinder head. High-compression Edmund cylinder head. That would go great with the new Offy intake manifold I got. There we go. I got it. I'm on my way. Well, things transpired. Got the car running. It had been parked for so long, the gas tank was full of plastic. The gas had just gotten hard. The car had been parked in 1972. So think about it. Gasoline sitting since 1972? Well, the fuel lines were clogged. The fuel tank was bad. Popped the tank out, cleaned it out. Poured some gas right in the carburetor. The car fired right up, so I knew the engine was good and running. Replaced the fuel line front to rear. Had the tank cleaned out, hot tanked, coated. And there I was. Bolted it back in. Week later, car was running. Now, the previous owner, who could not get it started and didn't figure out what the issue was, had cranked it so often and never really built up oil pressure, so the rod bearings were a little worn and the engine knocked just a wee bit. But you know what? You turn the key, you push the starter button, it started up, it drove. That was cool. Well, I had to give it a hot rod stand, so I cut the front coils, got it down low on the front, put some bigger tires in the back, and a buddy of mine gave me a set of chrome reverse wheels for it. So now I got some nice chrome wheels. I got some bigs in the back, some littles in the front. The, guy, the car's got the right stance, but it was still missing something. Flames. Now, Matter's car didn't have flames. It had scallops, but I wanted flames. This car was black. It was a coupe. It deserved flames. We did it.
Mike Bishop, a writer for American Rotter, and another friend and I, drew out what we thought would be the perfect flames on this car, a traditional-looking flame. The claws, the crab claw type flames on it. We painted the basic color Ford pickup truck yellow. The flame tips were red. The engine was now rebuilt. Isky cam, split intake manifold, or exhaust manifold, excuse me. Dual carbs, stock garbage, you didn't have to rejet them. High performance coil, Protronics ignition. This car was right. Hit the key, push the button, and nothing happened. It was still 6 volt. Not enough power to turn over this high compression 6 cylinder. Well, had the starter rebuilt, converted to 8 volt. Had the generator converted to 12 volt. Put a 12 volt battery in it. That thing just fired, came to life. It sounded amazing. Still didn't have exhaust system on it yet. Took it over to the lo local shop in Burbank. They put on a dual exhaust system. 16-inch glass packs. Man, that thing sounded beautiful. Hi, Ron Olson. To me, it sounded just like a Jag six-cylinder as you accelerated through first and second gear. Now, it was three-speed, three on the tree. It was fun. Oh, this thing sounded great. Took it to the shop. Had that little cam lope in it. The guy set up the exhaust system. Glass packs just sang beautifully on that car. Did a few weeks of driving around. Made sure everything was working right. Car was flame. Car was running great. Well, this was a bonding situation now. My older son and I took off for the first ever Good Guys West Coast Nationals in Pleasanton. That was a 400-mile one-way trip for me, I think it was about. I know it was about a five, six-hour drive. I wasn't sure how the car would do. What kind of fuel mileage would I get? I don't know. But we did it. Had a little bit of a problem in Bakersfield. Wire came loose on the Protronics to the coil. Found it quickly. Put it together. Got going. Made it to Pleasanton by about, oh... Two o'clock in the afternoon. Checked in. This was my first ever rod run with my own car. Man, that was great. Now, although we had painted the flames, we didn't stripe around the edges of those flames. So I quickly found a guy that was striping there, and he added some nice white stripes around the flames we put on. The car was perfect. A traditional hot rod. That's what I wanted. That's what it was. Local upholstery shop up the street from my house did the interior for me. I installed it all. Did my own headliner. He did the door panels and the seats. I did the carpeting. Came out beautiful. Gray interior, black exterior, flames, chrome wheels, set down low. Man, this thing was cool. And I drove it that way for 12 years. Enjoyed the heck out of it. Later on, I got the chance to work for the good guys, and I was doing some of their announcing. Driving up to Pleasanton four times a year, I started blowing head gaskets. 
I didn't want to get stuck on the side of the road, so the car came apart. This time, it was time for a V8 engine. Automatic transmission, against my better judgment. But we did it. Now, contrary to popular belief, I ain't got a Mopar in my Mopar. A Chevy fit in so much better. Yes, it did. And it was less expensive. I went to a local engine shop, got a crate motor from them. It was all of $600 with exchange. Well, I didn't have one, so I bought a Malibu wagon for $150 that was just in bad, bad shape. Pulled the engine out, used that for my core. Got this nice little small block Chevy in here. It's purred for over 20 years now. Just great. Holly carburetor. Wasn't real wild about that. Had a Q-Jet on it, but it had a real big dead spot. Buddy of mine rebuilt the, a Holly, put it on there. Things been running great. Had a Turbo 350. Street Rod, uh, Mr. Street Rod and Simi Valley put disc brakes on it, so now it would stop, too. Dual Master Cylinder, disc brakes. Cool. I'm cruising. I'm loving. Now, it's had some work over the years. Put a louvered hood on it and never reflamed it. So, for about 15 years, it had no flames on the nose. My buddy John Gomes came to the rescue last year or two years ago and reflamed the hood. So, now the car's got flames on the hood and the fenders as well, just like it did when I first built it. 35 years ago. Repainted the interior metal in red. Redid the upholstery in red, as you can see. Did the headliner myself. Did the carpeting myself. Had another shop do the doors and the seats. And that was 10 years ago. Still looks great. Still drives great. Took the car out to a car show last September and had some problems coming home misfiring, and so forth. Hi, Bruce Boardman. How are you? Johnny Hot Rod. Oh, I decided I got to give this thing a tune-up. You see, one of the things that I didn't do once I got the car finished and running is I did maintenance. And that was basically it. <clears throat> and if it wasn't broke, why fix it? Well, it still had the same ignition wires from 25 years ago. It still had the, uh, well, not 25, but thereabouts. It still had the same distributor cap. Now, spark plugs had been changed about 5,000 miles before that. The carburetor had never been adjusted since it had been put on the car. Never been cleaned. All right. Got it home. Misfiring. Put it in the garage. And it sat and sat and sat until about two months ago. Two months ago, I replaced the, you know, you got to do something during this COVID thing. New wires, new spark plugs, new distributor cap, new rotor. Turn the key, hit the button. Battery was dead. All right. Charge the battery up. Hit the key. Turn the, or turn the key, hit the starter button. Baby purred. It fired up and ran just like it always did before. Well, decided it's coming out of the garage. It's coming back to the house. And here it is. It's sitting next to my wife's 46 Ford in the garage. And it's going to get driven. Not working right now. We're not racing. 
so I'm not working. So I'm going to enjoy this car. I've had a long-term relationship with it, and I love it. Always have. Always will. I've improved it over the years. It's still not done. It's a hot rod. It never will be done. But it's my car. I built it with the help of friends over the years. Had a couple of street rod shops do some work for me that, frankly, I didn't have the time or the motivation to do. Hollywood Hot Rods rewired the car for me. Full-scale Hot Rods changed the dashboard gauges for me. Other than that, yep, I've got an overdrive in it, Corey. I've got a 200R. It's been in there for the last, I don't know, five years. World of difference on the freeway. 1,700 RPM. I'm cruising along at 70 miles an hour. Got a 278 rear end gears in the back out of a 1973 Plymouth Fury. Rear end bolted right in place. It's cool. It runs. It drives. It's my hot rod. I built it. I've had a long-term relationship with this car. And I hope you have a car that you've had one, too. I'm Hot Rod Bob, and you've got gas. The morning edition. Thanks for tuning in. Glad you could be here. Bobby Dye's another guy I know. Man, you've had cars for decades upon decades. I still love your little Nash. You guys have a great day. I'm Hot Rod Bob. You've got gas. Gas brought to you by Valley Head Service, Irwindale Speedway, Irwindale Drag Strip, Moon Eyes, Beach Underwriting, and Service Tech, where you can get all the service equipment you need for your garage. I got my lifts there. They installed them. One day, I was set and ready to go. You can do the same. Talk to Craig Heidenfeld there. All right, I'm Bob Beck. You've got gas, the morning edition. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being a gasaholic. Thanks for listening to me. Mm -hmm.